You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. You know those success stories you hear that start with, well, I didn't really mean to start a business? Gosh, those used to make me so jealous. You know, like, why can't I stumble into a multi-million dollar business, right? Well, my guest today isn't at any million dollar mark yet, but when she gets there, that's going to be her story. Hey there, welcome to episode 54 of the Intentional Optimist Unconventional Leaders podcast. Today, you're going to meet my friend, Julie Ryan Sharoma. I love bringing you leader stories from women who had no intention of being a leader or a business owner, and she fits both those profiles. She's got an amazingly unique story and some fabulous wisdom that she tosses out there in hilarious, over 40 mom style snippets. You're going to want to find her and follow her on Instagram and her Facebook feeds. I promise they will keep you in stitches. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this wonderful conversation with Plexus Ruby Ambassador, Julie Ryan Sharoma. Julie Sharoma, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I am excited you're here. How long have we known each other? Technically. Technically. I'm not good with numbers. Okay. Um, but it then, feels like I've known you forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think technically we met um, the first, well, we, w- I saw you this summer, stayed with you this summer on Oahu, and we recreated a photo that we will share as part of the social media <laughs> for this particular episode um, because when we went, Nathan was nine months old and you were pregnant with Sadie. So yeah. So that was 2010. Uh, 10. Yes. I was pregnant in 2010. Sadie's 11. Yeah. But my husband and I have known your husband since we were all in seminary together. Our, our husbands lived like two doors down in the, in the dorm. Um, and I think though, and I thought that was how long we had known James, but I think that my dad has indicated that my family has actually known your husband's family <laughs> longer than that because They're probably related <laughs> <laughs> some crazy way somehow, um, like all the different ways you just kind of connect, you know, like Kevin Bacon, or I'm sure he's in there somewhere too. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. but Anyway, we've known each other a long time, but we've not ever been able to like be in each other's spaces, like really close proximity wise until this summer. And we spent a week together. I stayed in your house as part of our vacation. Yes. So that tells y'all she is the host. She's, it's just amazing <laughs> when people just open their homes to, <laughs> to relative strangers. <laughs> and, and that is one thing that y'all, that you guys do really, really well is you have this amazing knack for hospitality. So, um, uh, we it's appreciate funny that it. you say that because both of us would consider ourselves like that's not our natural gift. So when people experience hospitality at our house, that's the Lord working mm-hmm. through us because it's not our natural gift. We're like, here's a key, make yourself at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I think there's a definition to hospitality. I mean, it, it, everybody has their own, right? It doesn't mean you have to like put out a cheese and meat platter, fruit platter every night. It doesn't mean you have to like roll out the red carpet. It, it just, part of it, it just, you know I mean, I think it means you make us feel welcome. And if handing somebody a key and so make yourself <laughs> at home makes us feel welcome, then I think that's the definition of hospitality. So, um, but I am not going to argue with the fact that that God can totally change our hearts and make us much more mature people and yes. <laughs> help us exhibit <laughs> character traits that we don't naturally have. Next time you come, I'll have a cheese platter. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Manchego is my favorite, just so you okay. know. Noted. 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 <laughs> So a little background on you, right? You're in Oahu. Your husband is a pastor, which is, and that's why you're there. Um, and, but you're not originally from there. Tell us just a little bit about who you are and where, what's your, your just a little bit of your story. My story. I uh, grew up in Alexandria, Virginia. So right outside of DC. Just up the road. Just up the road. And um, I went to college at Virginia Tech because that's where my dad went. And I studied English with an educational option with every idea that I was going to be an English high school teacher. Really? And yes. Yes. I love English. I thought I would love to be a high school teacher. And then my student teaching was with eighth grade gifted and talented, and they were way smarter than I was. <laughs> and it was very traumatic. It like, I was like, oh my goodness, do I really want to do this? And all my friends had wanted to be a flight attendant. And I had said, that's ridiculous. You'll never be home for the holidays. Like, you know, it's no way to live your life. And out of all of my college friends, right after college, I became a flight attendant. They went on to <laughs> various careers. So I said, I'll do, I'll be a flight attendant for two years and then I'll go back to teaching. And instead, I was a flight attendant for 17 years until I married James and moved to Oahu. And there you have it. And that's that's the rest of the story, right? I was wondering where the flight attendant thing came in because I knew that that's how y'all had met. Well, no, you didn't met. You you met because you oh. came oh, yes. out on a mission trip or something? We did. I was doing youth ministry at First Baptist Alexandria, and they did not have a youth pastor at the time. And I'd been the youth director for years. So they approached me and said, we will pay for you to go to Hawaii if you chaperone the trip. And I was like, sure, that yeah. sounds amazing. Count me in. <laughs> yes. But Hawaii was never on my radar as a place to visit. I was doing, I was leading teams actually in the Middle East to a country doing um, uh, mission work. Mm -hmm. And that's where my heart and focus was. So mm. six months out of going to Hawaii, it sounded like a great idea. But as it got closer... I was like, I don't really want to go. It's going to be. <laughs> and wait a minute. Why didn't, what is it that you didn't? Because, you know, we talked when I was there about how everybody thinks, well, I'm just, yeah, give me a church in Hawaii. I'll pastor in Hawaii. And, and we talked a little bit about that prospect and that idea when we were there and how it's very different coming in as a tourist than it is to live there. But yes. what was it about it that made you apprehensive? Um, Hawaii was never a place I wanted to visit. I wasn't a beach person at the time. I, you know, it just wasn't on my radar. I loved going to this Middle Eastern country. And when the trip would end with the youth, like we would return home on Tuesday, that next Friday, I was flying out to the Middle East. And mm. 
So that's kind of where my focus was. So the night before going to Hawaii, um, I'm packing. And one of the things the Lord refined me early was if you commit to something, you're going to have to do it. So let your yes be yes, your no be no. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I'd committed to it, but I wasn't happy about it. And I was wrestling with it in my mind. And I was whining the whole time I was packing. <laughs> my roommates were like, you are such a loser. Who doesn't <laughs> want to go to Hawaii? <laughs> I know. I know. So um, I went and we were actually partnered with James's church um, to do mission work in Hawaii. So that's how he and I met. He and some of his friends were at the airport to help our group manage our luggage and our transportation to where we were staying. And so uh, he and I met and over the week, you know how kids and chaperones are. They're like, oh, you and James. And I was like, that is so dumb. I live in Hawaii. I mean, I live in DC. He lives in Hawaii. (laughs) And yeah, so I guess they nailed it in the beginning. Out of the mouths of babes, right? Yes. So you were already doing leadership in the church, right? You were already, um, you said you were leading trips to the Middle East and you were asked to be a chaperone on this trip with, you were leading and mentoring, it sounds like, the youth. Yes. How does this factor into what, I mean, because we kind of joked earlier about what is your earliest leadership memory? Is it, is it something from that era right after college or into, you know, as you developed more into an adult or there's things that you can look back in your high school career and maybe see something that shows up? I, I really wrestled with this idea. (laughs) One, because I don't remember last week these days, but, um, I, what came to mind, and this is so dumb, is when I was probably five or six, I, I have two older sisters, so they're 11 and 13 years older. Oh, and we were you're like at, an only. Well, I have a younger brother, but oh, okay. I'm the favorite, just so if this is going out on air, I want to know <laughs> that I'm the favorite. I would never doubt that. <laughs> but we were at the beach, and I saw dolphins out in the ocean. And I wanted to go swim with them. And so I just walked up to my sisters and I said, dad said I could have the raft. That was not true. Um, But I got on the raft and I paddled out and I got way to the point that's embarrassing, right? Because then the lifeguard sees how realizing they're going to need to do a rescue because this five-year-old is out in the middle of the ocean on a raft and the lifeguard comes running, my dad comes running. And then I'm like smart enough to know, like, I hope the lifeguard gets me before my dad gets <laughs> me. <laughs> but it reminded me that I was good with people and being persuasive with people, whether you can use that for good or evil. But mm. it struck me that why would my sister give me a raft to go out in the ocean unless I was very compelling and confident that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And so I think from an early age, I've had that ability to communicate and to speak and confidence, even if I didn't feel it, to speak or lead groups. I think that's, we're gonna have to work. So you and I have to do some coachy work together because the whole, (laughs) this is so dumb, does not apply here. I think that's a beautiful example because what I wanna know is when you look back, how do you see that in yourself today? And I look at 
some of the things I've known that you've done as a leader. And I mean, the last time we were in Hawaii, you were doing worship leading. And so those kinds of things, I, I don't think you're doing that now, but um, I'm not, but a funny story. I'm not the best singer in the world, but when you're a church planter, yeah. um, nobody leaves the room till all of these positions are covered. You know? So it's like, I was leading worship. And then while the sermon was going on, I was watching babies. And then we would hear the end of the sermon and have to deliver babies and then come and sing. And so you just do whatever it takes to make things happen. And I got to tell you, it was in an elementary school and it was open air and we had a nine month old baby. I don't recall you delivering babies back to me at that point, but (laughs) I'm so impressed because it went off without a hitch. I remember sitting there thinking, wow, this is the bomb, right? I mean, it was, but here's the thing. You did what you had to do. And, um, but I see you using those communication skills throughout, right? I mean, doggone, the flight attendants have to be able to communicate. (laughs) These days. (laughs) I will tell you, um, it was when I was a flight attendant that I realized that I had to up my game communication wise. And it, it, and it happened in this way. Uh, Anytime I had to escort a blind passenger, Mm. I realized you have to be specific and concise and and you your words had to be accurate mm-hmm. and you could just say come this way it's hi i'm I'm on your right hand <laughs> side we're going to take two steps this way and it was mm-hmm. realizing the first couple of times fumbling through it that this is an area of growth for sure yeah <laughs> But I love the the realization that you were good with people and that you were persuasive and that you had the confidence to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I see that in, even yesterday was the first time you were substitute teacher and you just did it, <laughs> right? <laughs> never, never let them see you sweat. Yes. <laughs> so I see that. But even when you look back at five and six years old and you see how that trait has carried itself through and it's matured. You know, admittedly, there are things you've grown in and learned. Um, and in a minute, we're going to talk about exactly about what you do now and how that confidence and being compelling actually helps women. Um, was there a moment that you realized, hey, I could be all down with this, right? I mean, was there something? Was it what you're, I don't want to say too much. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I'll take all the help I can get. What? <laughs> Finish that thought. <laughs> Well, because, okay, well, let's talk about what you're doing now. Um, you, this has evolved into, um, you've been a little bit of an entrepreneur. Um, you, you planted a church and it got to the place where you evidently could have a different job or could do a different job. And so you became a photographer and beautiful work. I but, did. But. I, okay. But COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have stories that have that phrase in the middle, but Uh COVID, um, and that's a pivotal point. So I did, I built a photography business that was pretty successful here on the island of Oahu um, and honed in on families and really enjoyed it. Like I'm an artist at heart and um, I loved being able to, capture not posed photos, but those in-between moments. So I feel like my sweet spot was get 
being able to capture expressions mm. and mood on film. So I was loving it. And then COVID shut the island down. And about June, I would say, uh, during COVID, I started having these feelings of, I don't know that I want to restart this business. Mm. And that's a scary place to be when mm -hmm. that's your life. And that was your passion. And I hesitated in telling James, you oh, know, yeah, like, I, I don't know. And because when you when you're a photographer and an artist, it's so much a part of you that you can't imagine not doing it. So for God to shift that, it was very strange. And because yeah, I yeah. didn't have anything on the horizon. And it's not that I needed to work, but um, it would have been really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of us out here that understand exactly what you mean, right? Yes. Um, yes. So, so, okay. So um, in the meantime, you were already, the, you were already on your own, your own personal wellness journey. I was on my own wellness journey. Um, I had, Sadie was about five or six years old and I was exhausted all the time. And I was on anxiety medicine and I was going to doctors. I, I saw two or three doctors that were really there. The bottom line advice was you're just getting old. They ran all sorts of tests. They did sleep studies mm. and they said, you're fine. And I was like, man, if this is what aging feels like, I'm not on board. Stinks. Yeah. This. It stinks. Well, let's really quick just pop something in here. You and I do share the fact that we are both new moms over the age of 40. Yes. Yes. Right? That's kind and of my vibe on Instagram. Yeah. And 40. so that's like your point of connection. There's a lot of us out there. Um, mm -hmm. Having been in the university um, community for so long, there were a lot of doctors and professors who kind of waited. Um, mm -hmm. And you and I both struggled with some fertility issues. And um, so, and I, I ended up in the adoption arena and you ended up with um, a beautiful natural miracle baby. And, um, but we both are moms over 40. So when, when you talk to women um, and you talk about your health, that's a very real thing. I mean, when I had a five or six year old running around who was being in the middle of being diagnosed with ADHD, we were exhausted. We were the parents with the harness on the kid and mm -hmm. he was like dragging us down the street. So, um, I, I understand. I didn't feel that kind of exhaustion. I was on some similarly on some different medications. So these are pieces of the story that I think are really important for women to hear. Cause there's a lot of women out there that, you know, young moms, we, <laughs> Cannot tell you how many times I thought it. If I had done this 20 years ago, it'd have been so much easier, but I was not the person I needed to be to handle this child, right? Right. Yes. Yes. So I I did. I had Sadie at 43. And um, I remember my sister saying, You're so laid back with her. And I was like, Well, I'm too old to chase her. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> um, so yes, the doctors were just saying you're you're fine my, they did sleep studies, my blood work, it was all fine. I started seeing um, my friend, Michelle, a couple others posting on the importance of gut health. 
And I kind of explored that a little bit. Um, and, and they started talking about how it gave them energy. And this is with Plexus. They, it, there's lots of ways to address gut health, but they were specifically using Plexus supplements. Um, and they were talking about more energy and, and weight loss, all those things that are really appealing. Buzzwords. I know buzzwords. I can lose <laughs> weight and not need a nap. I mean, I was li- literally planning my day around naps and I was taking hmm. two or three naps a day and it just wasn't, I wasn't a fun mom. I couldn't be present mm. for this kid that I'd wanted so badly. Mm. Um, so I'd run across someone who, sorry, this weaves in and out, but my doctor also wanted me off anxiety medicine uh, because the one I was on ultimately was not good for my liver. And I was like, but I love it. It's so amazing. <laughs> it makes me feel so good. <laughs> Are you sure? So um, I came across a woman who had not lost weight with Plexus, but she said she would always take it because it allowed her to get off her anxiety medicine. And she was on the same one I was. So I called my friend, Michelle, and I said, okay, I'm in. I'd been watching mm-hmm. her for a year. And I was like, I'll, I'll do this. And within three days of me starting addressing gut health, I no longer needed naps. Three days. It was that fast for me. Now everybody's different, right? So, but it was very early on all of a sudden when your blood sugar is out of balance, Mm. it wreaks havoc on your body anywhere from, uh, it's just havoc. Uh, And I started And I remember it also when uh, your blood sugars balanced, there were other things happening. I was stopped. I stopped craving sugar. And that was huge for me. I mean, I'm known as someone who stockpiles Cadbury mini eggs. I was going to say, if you go back through, because we're going to post her Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. And her Instagram (laughs) feed. (laughs) If you go way back to like two years ago, you will see all these posts about the Cadbury mini eggs and about... Um, yes. What is it? Um, taking the the tax on the um, Halloween candy, the parental tax, and yes. um, <laughs> and and the uh, just the other thing about Julie, y'all, and this is she is witty and has so <laughs> much. I mean, just I have begged her to write a book, so I'm hoping that as we wrap this up, we'll like kind of push into going into like some kind of a, a book that corrals all of these amazing little um, anecdotes and stories, but you're, you're, you are, you're famous for your candy. You love your candy. Yes. And so I remember it was an out of body experience to (laughs) sit there and not want ice cream after dinner or candy. I mean, it was so wild. And then it, then it became a choice, right? Am I Mm. going eat it anyway, because sometimes we can not want something, but it's so habitual that mm-hmm. we do it anyway. So over the past three years, um, I, yeah, I've lost weight. I have energy. I, I don't now. life. Everybody should have ice cream. You should just not every night. Yeah, well. <laughs> and, but we, we do, we just crave healthier things and yeah, it's made a huge difference in our family. So when COVID stopped my photography career. Um, I'd always had the ability to share Plexus and I I was sitting on the couch. I was about, and I'm an open book, right? For those of you who find me on Facebook later, 
I, I'll, I'll talk about anything. And so I had talked about Plexus here and there. Um, my goal was to be able to zip up this dress I'd bought for my clients, which was supposed to be my size, except it wouldn't zip up. <laughs> and so that was my goal. My very first Plexus post was uh, when I first tried it was my goal is to hop in this dress and I, I couldn't even get it zipped up, but I had myself in it and I posted on Facebook. So um, with the hashtag zip the dress, I think. Is <laughs> so I had been sharing over the past year and a half, but not, not often. And I was sitting on the couch about to go out for a walk. And I thought, I wonder what would happen if I made the post that all the people who are working the business was making the post. And I was just looking for people to try Plexus. And we had a special going on at the time. So I threw it, the post up on Facebook and instantly I had about 16 people saying, yeah, I want to try. I want to try. I, from 10 in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon, I actually couldn't leave the couch because so many people were not, were not feeling good, wanted to lose weight. They had no energy. They had skin issues. I mean, everything that gut health addresses and I, so I say I started an accidental business because all of a sudden I had all these people. <laughs> I love that. I wrote down, it's like, you're the accidental entrepreneur. I am. I am. And I think COVID brought that out in a lot of people. Yeah. They were forced to try something new and pivot. Like people who couldn't pivot during, po during COVID are really struggling yeah. right now, whether that's in a church or in an entrepreneurial restaurants. Like if you couldn't figure takeout you were struggling or a so. truck or yeah. <laughs> truck like those, like those North shore, North shore tacos, right? That's some good eating up there. Um, so that's what you do now. And so part of what we do here is we talk about how we're unconventional leaders and it is not un unheard of to be in an organization like Plexus where you um, offer the opportunity to other women to, or men, right? But you yeah. most, do you mostly work with women or do you work with women and men? I work with both. A uh, funny story is James is actually, my husband is actually under me okay. and I signed him up at a time when it was very cheap to sign, sign up. So I filled out all his information, but I didn't have my glasses on. So I misspelled his name. So in the Plexus world, he's known as Jamea. <laughs> we go to conventions he has a little name tag jamea sharoma jamea. i love it <laughs> so is now this is just me getting educated is yeah. because i am just full disclosure i am also under you um yes. and i have one person under me um i'm not looking to to build a big plexus empire i am just looking to use this as an opportunity just like you to help other people become healthy because as a coach we we look at the body mind soul and spirit and so it's really important um, to make sure that we include the body in those kinds of things and so being looking at things that are, we're going to have more interviews of other women on here who talk about body health. So it could be, yeah. uh, and this is gut health. This is health and wellness. And so um, is Plexus considered a, is that, we call it a multi-level marketing? It's a multi-level okay. marketing. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, I didn't, I say this a lot, but I didn't know how bad I really was feeling until I started feeling better. Like I feel better now in my fifties than I did in my mid to late forties. Mm. So it's possible 
to feel good by addressing gut health. Okay. And and I I'm on board. I believe I that, know. right? I and know you believe that. <laughs> so but one of the things that you do and how you help is you don't just give them gut health and you don't just give them the tools for gut gut health. You nurture and you mentor and you lead and you teach and um, you empower. So tell us a little bit about that leadership story, that leadership journey inside Plexus and what you do there. Cause we met, I met a wonderful young woman that was staying with you when we were staying with you. I, again, she's the hostess um, <laughs> and they, they are full of hospitality and she was actually making some changes and also came on board. So tell us a little bit about how this, it is a little unconventional in the sense that not everybody understands gut health and it's multi-level marketing, which not everybody understands. Uh -huh. So tell us a little bit about how you lead Lead and serve in that capacity? Usually most of the people who come to me, they're looking for a solution to a problem, you know, whether it's weight gain or energy or, you know, any poor sleep, those sorts of things. Um, they have no, most of my people have no intention of doing this as a business. Um, what's happened over the past year that I've focused on this is that people get excited about what they're seeing in their own lives happen health-wise. And that excitement starts to overflow mm. uh, to their friends. And then they call me and like, well, now my, my friend wants to do it or my sister wants to do it. And so it's helping people really at the beginning, like you have a referral link that you can use and showing them how to do that. And sometimes it'll stop at that level. They've just got their two or three friends that, they're happy to do that. And then you have a couple people who have more than that, or they're seeing the possibility. Like for us as a family, this became a great blessing because we didn't have a lot of financial margin. And now I have a preteen who wants to be a dancer or we were figure skating at the time. And in Hawaii, know, in Hawaii, I've always found that to be ironic. <laughs> She was and a I did see, figure skater. Yes. I yes. did see. And there's, there's some beautiful stuff out there, but I, I also saw that she got her point shoes the other day. She did. Yes. 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 Uh, no, what no one tells you about the excitement of point shoes is that the mom has to come home and sew those laces on. And no one told me that. Right. What? Exactly. Mm -hmm. No, 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 yeah. no, no. They should come. Sewing them. I had to watch three YouTube videos just to get <laughs> those laces and elastic on. And oh, it was stressful. Is it because they, they need to be, the laces need to be in a certain place for each foot? Or, I mean, did you use her foot for it or did you just sew them on there? Yeah, I, that's a really good question that we moms should be asking. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> you just buy the shoe and then they, they give you the laces and probably because every, you know, you need a different amount for each kid. Depending okay. on, is, I'm going to go with that race there. I'll go with that. You know, moms need horror stories to tell to other moms. Otherwise, there's no bonding, I would imagine. I'm telling y'all, this is just a taste of the kind of stuff you're going to get if you follow her on her feed. It's just amazing. Okay. So some people, um, some people actually do come in, though, and do want to be full-time health and wellness helping other people, right? Yes. Yes. And so it's... Um, I really had to grow my leadership lid because honestly, I, as a photographer, I was an artist and the business aspect, you do it, but I had to learn it and it was really challenging. 
I, I know you do Enneagrams. I'm a seven. Um, I, I like to do anything other than organized business stuff. <laughs> Here's a funny but, thing we have chatted about. We, I thought I was a seven. And so we were like, oh, we're seven. I'm not. What I've are been, you? I have been working with a young up and coming Enneagram coach. Okay. And if anybody wants to talk to this person, let me know. Um, and I'm kind of working with them to give them experience. This is, we both love to do this, right? We love to mentor and give yeah. people opportunities. Um, and then I'm learning, right? Cause I don't, I mean, I just had done like online, you know, yes or no, yes or no. Yes. Right. So it turns out I'm a doggone solid six with a seven wing. And I am the troubleshooter. I am the loyalist. I am the one who, yeah. yeah, but the the seven wing is where I get all the fun, silly, happy, positive stuff. And mm -hmm. um, because there were aspects you're like, I don't like organization. I don't do this. I'm like, that's not me. <laughs> I know when you said you're a seven, I was like, I, okay. <laughs> there you go. So it's I out there. I'm pretty, and the more, and we, we met again yesterday and the more we talk, the more I like, I am totally a six. Okay. So yeah. All right. So anyway, you're a seven. I'm a seven. Um, I do have an eight wing, so there's hope for organization and <laughs> I can, I can do organization for five minutes and then I, I lose, you know, something. Well, the eight tells me this is why you, you, you protect you. Um, this is why you fight for women's gut for people's gut health. This is why that's where that eight comes in, right? Yes. For anybody who doesn't know Enneagram, you're going to have to go look this stuff up. We are not <laughs> the experts. <laughs> this is, yes, this no, is two formerly uninformed Enneagram. <laughs> oh, okay. So anyway, okay. you don't like organization and the photography business was pretty simple, right? Cause it was you. It's me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, with Plexus, it was great. Like when it's just me, but now I'm responsible for, um, about four people who are wanting to do this as a business. So I had to grow my leadership to a higher level to lead them to where I'd been. Right. So they're, mm -hmm. um, they're growing through that. Um, what I, I had someone recently, and this is what makes me passionate because to be able to stay home or even do this um, in addition to a job you love um, to give financial margin mm -hmm. is it, I'm seeing a need for that for some of my friends. I had a girl contact me who um, she's just in a hard place in, in life with some children that she might have to raise on her own. And um, she's so to reach out and look to me, like, I think I want to make a go of this to be able to care for my kids, to raise them, to be more present with them. Um, I think she's like, I need the extra income mm -hmm. and but to go out and get another job, then you're not at home present. You're not present. Um, one of those tenants you know, <laughs> present. and that's important to me. Like, um, so I've, I've felt this huge burden. Like I, she has to be successful <laughs> because her kids are counting on it. Like she has to, yeah. and to, 
for women, especially, um, and a lot more women, we have a lot of men in Plexus, but there is more women, um, to be able to have that, um, oh, there's a word I'm looking for, um, stability, but like, um, security, Mm -hmm. security, finance, some financial security. Um, and it's, it's becoming more and more important. Mm -hmm. So I'm spending time investing in my leadership so then I can lead them well. And I think that's beautiful because I think that that means that you really are invested in them. And in principle, you know, that's how a multi-level kind of organization should work. That's how um, the whole point of people coming in under you, like I'm using air quotes, um, is the fact that you're there to mentor them and the people above you are there to mentor them. There are plenty of times I have questions. You're like, let me ask. (laughs) And you go, you have a, I would even call it maybe like you have scaffolding in place to help you grow your business. So this is the kind of opportunity that um, that is really right for some people. And to be able to say, it's, I love the way you say it, just a little bit of financial margin, right? This is not necessarily, nobody's out here promising you a million dollars next year or a hundred thousand dollars next year. They're promising you or, or you're saying, this is what's possible. Number one, you feel great. You get healthy. Number two, you get to help other people do the same thing and have a little bit of financial margin. And you know and the helping the other people when that, that really is like yeah. the fun part. Um, this has become, if my photography friends are listening, they'll be horrified, but it's become <laughs> so much more fun than photography ever was, you know, because like my little neighbor, she came out and told me after she'd started and said, you know, this is the first morning in, in five years that I've not woken up with heartburn. Like, Aww. To get to be a part of people's stories where they feel good is hugely rewarding. Yeah. So I love it. Um, and that's, I love the way you said, to get to be a part of people's stories, right? So we have our own stories and we all have a story to tell, but when our stories start intermingling, that's what I call community, right? And so yes. it's building those connections and building community between um, it could be right there in your neighborhood or like the people that you work with are back on the mainland. And so they're, they're everywhere and they can be all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. So as you have grown, I've noticed a couple of times you've used the word your leadership lid. Yeah. Tell us what that means. Tell us about that principle. I feel like that's a John Maxwell. Term. It is a John Maxwell. Yes. term. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I always thought I was a good leader until I actually had to lead people other than teenagers, you know, it's easy to lead teenagers, (laughs) but um, uh, just being married and, and growing in in communication and compromise that way will raise your leadership lid. But yes, I learned that term. We were going through um, last, uh, about a year ago, there was a group of us, that wanted to grow this business. And we went through John Maxwell's 21 laws of leadership. And um, then you start to realize I, I was one that never um, enjoyed leadership training. James, my husband, he likes to read all those leadership books. And I was like, Oh my goodness, that is just boring. (laughs) But, (laughs) but all of a sudden I have a passion for it. Mm. And 
that John, John Maxwell, of course, he's, he's so interesting and he makes those chapters so interesting. So we would meet and together they're short. And they're short. Okay, they're so that short. seven. See, that's where your seven wing comes up. And I wanted to point that out. They're short. <laughs> you can read one in a morning, right? It's just like yes. just one, and and they're actionable. Right? Yeah. So, um, if you've not read the Twenty One Laws of Leadership, but I think the law of the lid actually comes in the Fifteen Laws of Personal Growth, the Fifteen um, Invaluable Laws of Personal Growth. But it, I think it may also be in Twenty One Laws yeah. of Leadership because, um, go ahead, because it it is. This is how John Maxwell stuff works. It's all about the laws of this and that. Yeah. And we would get together every week and, and discuss and see how to implement that in the people who we were entrusted with and um, realizing that I had to grow an organization. I had to um, step out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. Um, there can there can be a lot of negative press with uh, multi-level marketings and, mm -hmm. and rightfully so there's some that have done it horribly. Um, I don't think my company's one of them. They're amazing, but it's still, no one likes to feel salesy. And I always yeah. have to go back to my heart. Like I truly like want people to feel good. Like yeah. I'm in some uh, Facebook groups of you know, moms who become moms after 40 and almost weekly, several of them are posting, I am so exhausted. And you know, you can't really go in and go like, well, I sell Plexus, but <laughs> that will help you. But it's like knowing that there's a solution out there and that that's your goal. You want to help people um, because there's nothing worse than, you know, not feeling good. And your doctor tells you you're fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> and you spend thousands of dollars on testing. Yes, absolutely. You're fine. Um, so I think that leads us nicely into, I always ask every guest, what is the one leadership principle that you live by? I mean, it's like, cause you always seem to want your, you just told us how you want to grow and you want to become bigger and get into a bigger place of service. So what is that principle and how do you kind of apply it daily? Mindset is one thing I've had to work on on myself, just seeing myself more as a leader and as a business owner and treating it that way um, as a like it's moved from like it's had to move from just something I do to then something like I'm sharing with friends to it went very quickly to a business and I became a business owner and it's a little bit more, it felt a little more heavy in a good way than just taking someone's pictures mm. because people are trusting me with their health. Right. Right. And so um, I am, some of my mindset, you know, I, I never like to push things on people. I'm super chill. You know, if people want to push back their stuff, that's fine. You know, but um, I've, gotten a little bit more because I do know how valuable these things are when mm -hmm. they're addressed. Um, I've gotten a little more bold in saying like, look, let's, let's talk about what you're doing. Let's, let's look at, you know, even aside from supplements, like how's your water intake? How's mm -hmm. your, how, what are you eating every day? Let's it's, it all works together. So um, having a little bit more bold mindset but always approaching people with truth and grace and making it easy for people um, to want to come back if they do take a break uh, 
from supplementation or anything. I just, I want people to know that I care about them, whether they're using my supplements or not. Like I always think it can help, but people have to be ready for it, you know? Yeah. Well, and this is what makes you the leader that you are. This is what makes you the unique, unconventional leader that you are. You have your own style. You have your own way of handling it. And the simple fact that you have a passion for helping other people feel good and knowing you now have enough education and experience under your belt to know like with me, you said, if you can just push through 30 days on that particular supplement, <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel good. I know, but you that's called this and you'll get through that, right? You've now got that. And so um, what I what I hear is that for you, your biggest leadership principle is actually what you started with. It's like you said, truth and grace, but it's the actual caring about others. It's yeah. It's that the people come first and it's that their health comes first and that you're constantly going to look out for them. You feel this burden for them. Um, yeah. And I, I love having these conversations with women who don't traditionally think of themselves as leaders, because this is the kind of story that then resonates with so many other women out there who also don't think they're leaders, but they don't realize that the work that they do on a daily basis and the passion that they have for whatever they care about is a, a form of leadership. And I want us to all be able to recognize that. And so thank you for being vulnerable and figuring it out and coming on. <laughs> <I'll get through. laughs> push through, push through. Um, I know sevens don't like to do the hard stuff, but you're doing a great job. Um, but the other piece to that is you have, I'm sure, and this may or may not be an easier question for you. You have a daily habits or rituals that you do in order to foster those things in you, in order to foster your care for people, in order to foster um, your ability to help them grow their business and to make that extra income or actually feel better. And could you share with us maybe one or two like habits that you have that you do on a daily basis that whatever you do, that actually helps you stay into that mindset of being bold and being helpful. Um, this is going to sound so silly, but, um, and this is a new thing in the past eight months, maybe even longer. Now I make my bed now first thing in the morning. And that has made me feel so successful <laughs> as I walk out of my room. Every time I walk back in, I'm like, I'm a rock star. My bed is <laughs> You know, so um, it starts with that because already before I've left my room, I've accomplished something in the day. And um, I sit, I do a quiet time, uh, spend time with the Lord and try and get my heart right for the day because um, making sure that that does remain my motivation for things, the care for others. Um so those are probably the two biggest things. And then it's all the structural things. Um, in the beginning, it's like 30 minutes a day, just like reaching out to people. But as you grow, it's a little bit more detail oriented. But those are the two biggest things, making my bed and quiet time with the Lord set me up for success. If I want to feel really successful as I walk downstairs, I take laundry. And like, those are my best days if I actually get laundry in the wash while I'm doing my quiet time, because I feel like I've conquered the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the simple things. But I tell you, I share your exact sentiment about making the bed. Yeah. And I, you know, you have these, do you make the bed or do you not make the bed questions on Facebook? I'm like, absolutely. Why? Well, then I've accomplished something. If I do nothing, this exact same answer I give. Yeah. And it, it matters because when you talk about mindset, everything we do, everything we say plays into our mindset. Does it not? Yes. Yes. And so those days, um, I already feel more successful in my mind. And so mm-hmm. then I act on that. It's that whole thought, act, the the circumstance, the thought, the actions, or the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, and the results. And so yeah. when you do that, it just, it's amazing. It's this beautiful little formula. <laughs> Always <Yeah>. works out. <laughs> so now this is not something like we said, you were an accidental entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you are getting pretty comfortable in this role in Plexus as, um, I don't know what level you are or necessarily need to say that, but just as an entrepreneur in Plexus where you, um, you're making enough marginal income and you've, you're helping other people make marginal income. So if somebody was looking at, cause I actually know people who have sat down and said, I think I want to do something different now moving forward. Like I'm retired or whatever. I, I look at all these different multi-level marketing because that's the kind of structure I want why Plexus, but then it's more than that, right? With Plexus, you really do need to care about gut health. If you were talking to somebody who said, I might want to do this, I might not, what would be, we talk about green flags on this show, right? Because red flags are like, stop, right? But we're looking for ways to move forward. So what would be some green flags that somebody might recognize in themselves to say, I might want to do this? Um. One, if they don't feel good, and then they realize that plexus could make them feel better. So there's a solution out there for them. And two, it's such a, it doesn't have a startup cost, basically. It's, you are able to start sharing right away just by using your own products. So I know some other companies you might have to buy a kit or a starter kit. It's not like that, at least with Plexus. Um, so it makes it very easy to start feeling better. And then you have a referral link right away. It's like with anything else. It's like, oh my gosh, if you've been to local Joe's in Hawaii, it's the best coffee on the island. He doesn't pay me to say that. He should though, if he's listening, because I say it all the time. <laughs> in business. But he's, I'm not getting... Um, benefit from that. Uh, we, we refer things all the time that we get excited about. So I think when you, it's, it's something that's, um, at least for Plexus, another green flag is it's something you need every month. Like if you're going to be proactive about your health, you have to do that daily and it's worth it to me. I've been able to get off anxiety medicine. My doctor is so happy. Um, I'm no longer pre-diabetic. And so those things you want to maintain. And another green flag would be you want to find a company that's been around over five years and Plexus has been around 12, maybe 13 years now. Um, so that's just helpful as they've, pre- you know, it, it, it always sounds good getting in on the ground floor of something, except they really need to work out a lot of bugs that way. <laughs> totally and a lot of them it, don't yeah. make it. Yeah. You know, but um, and Plexus is such an honorable company, which is what I love about them. They 
they always make things right. They do things with integrity and excellence. And so those would be the green flags for me. Okay. So pretty much for them, if they're looking to feel better. And so it may be that that one person's looking to feel better, but another person is just looking for financial margin. So they could be either one. Yeah, sure. Okay. Some people like, it's such a great community. Like I have fallen in love with the girls that I work with. They're pretty awesome. Oh my gosh, they are. They're amazing. Such a great community. So different things speak to different people, whether it's health or they need a community. I mean, COVID has isolated so many people mm-hmm. um, or they, they need the financial margin. I mean, this has been the most unexpected blessing that, you know, we're in ministry. You know, when your daughter says she wants to ice skate, we're like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> or if she wants those toe shoes. Yeah. So to not have to worry about that, but not have to worry about going to Costco anymore. I mean, what a blessing. Yeah. Okay. Um, So let's say somebody says, yep, I think I I feel that Plexus fills the bill for me. I'm in, I want to do this. It's more than just, um, because what I'd look for now is little pieces of advice. Um, It sounds like you have some pieces of advice from your own personal experience of growth and leadership. And all of a sudden you share it with your friends and Hey, all of a sudden I'm a leader and I have to, I'm responsible for people. Um, so, but I know that another piece of this for you is, um, raising up tomorrow's leaders as well. Right. I mean, you're very much into the mentor space. We've discussed that a little bit because of your youth work in the past. Um, and you have a daughter who's, uh, is she a tweener? She's a tweener, right? She's, she's 11. She's 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're looking at, and I have a almost 13 year old son. So we're looking at the future for them and how we do that. If you had a few pieces of advice for somebody looking to do something like Plexus um, and to do it well, um, what, what might they be and how they could grow and become a leader in the, that space? Um, always learn. There's a ton of podcasts and training out there. Um, who you join with matters. You know, um, I didn't know that at the time. And I so lucked out in the people I have who they love the products, they're knowledgeable about the products, um, and they're gifted at training and raising up. So if you're, if it's something you're thinking about doing, make sure that you're connected with someone who's invested in, uh, making sure you do well. Um, so those would be some of the most important things. And then mindset, it's, I just feel like everybody has junk that goes on in their mind that needs to be re, um, I think John Acuff, John Acuff calls them soundtracks. We just need to redo the soundtracks in our mind and, um, the stories and the tapes and yes. Yes. And I see that uh, the, um, the ones who are, if you were really wanting to make a go of this as a business, you have to be willing to work on your own self. Um, because there's things that I probably believe that aren't true and kind of correcting that Mm. uh, in our minds. You know, I, I work with women who are always fearful that what they say is the wrong thing. Like, where do you get that from? These are delightful. You would never know it, you know? So um, being willing to work, work on your own mindset. 
Okay. That's a, that's huge. And for, from a coach, right. It's like from a coaching perspective, it's like, well, of course, (laughs) (laughs) but so many people don't realize that that is actually more important sometimes than the other actions that you do, right? You can do all the sales calls in the world, but if you, in your mind, believe that nobody's going to buy from you, that's, that's the way it's going to go down. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I know that, uh, people can find you. We're going to put all of this stuff, uh, below in the show notes, but you do have, what's the website? Um, that'll be in the show notes. That's it's a Plexus okay. website. It's a little okay. hard to, to say. <laughs> it's long. Okay. It's a long but one. Facebook and Instagram and you're pretty yes. much on there is Insta I'm more public. your, um, public. I'm yeah. public. I'm, I post on both, uh, Julie Ryan Sharoma is Instagram and Julie Ryan Sharoma is also Facebook. So nice <laughs> and, and they're unique. both public. Nice and unique. You know, you said, and I did this too. James actually, you said your husband joined when it was there was a special running. Um, are yes. there like regular specials that run for people to join up? Like yeah, right through the end of September, which they're not this will hear. air on October 4th, October. right? Yeah. Um yes, the, everything's changing then. Um, it's very inexpensive. I think everybody, Andrea and, and Kim, you can hear this too. Um, starting in October, they, anytime you enroll, they're changing it to, um, a VIP customer you come in as everybody comes in as that. And then if you use your referral link and decide you want the cash from that versus product credit, you become a brand ambassador. So I think it's only going to be like $19 to, Oh, Okay. Enroll. Um, and that will be the preferred customer pricing. So you'll get wholesale pricing. Okay. Um, and we'll and put then, this up in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. And then brand ambassador would be uh, the same. Once you decide that it's the normal 39 okay. renewal every year. So we will make sure that we have those things included. And of course, you know, we always love having fun, interesting, and totally new and unique and different types of businesses to discuss and and the ways that you lead because you have this leadership from five years old all the way through (laughs) to today. And it's a beautiful story to see. Um, But one of the things that I like about you is is partly as a a little bit as a seven is that you do love to have fun and you are funny. And um, I know you are optimistic, but we always close it out by asking our guests, what is the one thing that you can always be optimistic about, even when everybody else thinks that you're just nuts? I, I mean, I always flip things to see the positive mm-hmm. in it. Like I, I just do. Um, and that, uh, that might be a seven quality even, I think, because we just don't like to feel pain. So we'll just look at things. <laughs> yep. So um, I just, I feel like life is good. Everything's always working out for me. And um, that's something I tell myself. And it, when you start to tell yourself everything's always working out for me, then you look at life that way. Yeah. Versus Oh, you know, then it's like, when I, oh, I got this parking space. Oh, everything's always working out for me. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I stole this from John Acuff, but it's the soundtrack I play in my mind. So everything yeah. that happens, I tell myself that. And then, so you start to see more of that. Mm. So that's how I'm, I'm optimistic. I just assume good things are going to happen. Oh, I like that. Cause so many assumptions are not 
mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> so many assumptions yeah. are the other direction. Well, I think you're going to see what you assume. Yep. So if you assume bad things are going to happen, you're going to find it. Yeah. If you assume good things are going to happen, you're going to see it that way. Well, we assume that this is going to be a viral podcast episode. <laughs> 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 but here's the thing I know for, for a fact is that um, women will see themselves in you. They will relate to you. They will appreciate your candor and, um, and they will see, especially like I'm, I need those Facebook moms over 40 groups. I didn't know they existed. Um, and, um, so, you know, I think women will be able to see, Hey, this is an option for me. Feeling better is an option for me. Having financial freedom is an option for me. Even if it just means a margin, it doesn't mean, you know, a lot of times we say financial freedom and we assume that means a million dollars a year. It doesn't. It could oh, mean yeah. an extra $500 a month, right? Right. So, yeah. Okay. So is there anything I've left out? I don't think so. It's been so fun to hang out with you. I know. This is my, it's like you're still in my house and never left. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know exactly where you're sitting. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely delightful. And we will see you again also in the Facebook group where we will share a whole lot more about Plexus and how it works and how people can get involved. So if you're not in our Facebook group, you need to get in our Facebook group. Not you, Julie. I know you're in there. But... I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. See what I mean? Now, how fresh and vibrant is this woman? How many people hold a leadership principle of honesty and compassion? All that does is focus everything she does through that beautiful lens. But let's look specifically at how intentional optimism shows up in Julie's life. She's clearly optimistic about the future and hopeful in her expectations. She said, life is always working out for me. I assume good things will happen. As a photographer, Julie was used to celebrating beauty, and that is still eminently evident in all her spaces. She is so present in many more ways than just being in the moment. Now, I see energetic all over her life. She's relentless in her pursuit of improvement, body, mind, soul, and spirit. Julie's realization that she needed to be the leader and the willingness to do something about it to new women joining in her business, as well as to her daughter, requires a tremendous amount of courage. But a commitment to do everything with honesty and compassion grounds all that she does in deep, good wisdom. Intentionality shows up in her purpose. She doesn't do anything that doesn't align with her why. All that improvement she works on, it's because she understands her purpose. Now, Julie is unconventional in her leadership, Because her passion for helping others feel good is a reflection of her core values of, are you ready for these? Help, truth, honor, honesty, and kindness, which all make her a fabulous role model to her team and her daughter, not to mention her dedication to personal growth as a lifelong pursuit. Remember, and I say this every single week, unconventional leaders lead at every level in any area using their unique gifts. Now, Julie didn't take her first sip of the famous Plexus pink drink with the idea that one day she would be instrumental in helping others develop the gift of a financial margin. She started to solve her own problem, but then she discovered it could be so much more, not just as a business, but to grow personally and professionally. She's now developed consistent habits she uses to both motivate her and keep her growing, all of which she did not have before. 
Y'all, I've collaborated with several women in multi-level marketing organizations, and I've been in two of them myself. And full disclosure, I am actually a Plexus ambassador, but it's not my main focus. For me, it's part of my own health and body journey. But Plexus is one that invests in the personal and leadership development of everyone in their organization. As a certified John Maxwell team coach, I love it when people tell me they're studying one of his books in their business team. That tells me they're all dedicated to leadership development. When Julie started growing her team, she realized she needed more leadership skills, and she was thrilled to take advantage of these benefits. So, are you looking for a business opportunity similar to what she has? Maybe you only want one that will provide you a financial margin, or it may offer you personal and professional growth. There are so many out there, how do you know if it's a good fit for you? Well, Julie shared a few tips to keep in mind when you're checking out these opportunities. If you want them in writing, scroll down to the show notes. They're listed under green flags. All right, here's the first one. What are you looking for? Maybe it's something that makes you feel better or solves a problem you have. Or maybe it's something you already use or need. I shared a minute ago that I used to be in two different MLMs. The first was Amway. The reason I joined Amway was because I was very familiar with their products. I loved that the corporation used to, for missionaries, and I remember doing this myself, or actually my parents did it, I tagged along as a kid, they would open their corporate warehouses and a missionary could just back a U-Haul up to their warehouse and fill it. No questions asked. I loved that they wanted to support others doing similar kind of work. I loved their ecological footprint. I mean, they were green long before that was popular. But I also loved the variety of their products. I grew up on all of their cleaning products, their supplements, their makeup, their skincare. Gosh, I loved their nail polish. (laughs) But then when I decided to do Mary Kay, it was for a different reason. I liked their professional development, but I also loved specifically that they focused only on skincare and makeup. So think about it. What are you looking for? Number two, are you excited about it? I'm talking about like the company. What do they stand for? What do you like about them? How do they look in the marketplace? What about their products? Are you excited about their products or their structure, the way that they're corporately structured and the way that they structure their MLM teams? And that's something I really want to focus on here for just a second is the team. If you don't like or get along with someone, they are forever in your business. So make sure you want to be in business with those people. It is team-oriented. In Mary Kay, I was part of three different teams, partly because I moved towns, but also because, well, moved cities, actually, but also because I did it at different times. I left and I came back. (laughs) And two of those teams I liked, but one of them I didn't, and that's one of the reasons I left. So you need to make sure that you like the team you're in. If you look for something and find a company that you like, but you don't like who you're talking to, think about it seriously. Maybe look for someone else. Just saying. I know that will not make me popular with MLM folks out there, but I think most of them from really good organizations will tell you to find a team you can plug into that you really work well with. All right, number three. Look at the startup cost and longevity. Julie suggested Find a company with either low or no startup cost because everybody has a different tolerance for what they can do and every MLM has a different startup cost. Some are really heavy on the front end. That was something that was probably more likely to happen 10 or 15 years ago. For instance, with Mary Kay, there was a pretty high startup cost. At least for me, there was. And I think partly because I wanted to keep my shelves stocked. 
But if you're looking for something that's easy entry, look for something with no or low startup cost. Also look at how long they've been around. Julie mentioned it's really nice to get on the ground floor of something, but you have no idea what the longevity of their business model will be. They might look the same as everybody else, but what if there's a flaw you don't see? What if it doesn't catch on to the market? Just be cognizant of what you're getting into. So those are the three main green flags. What are you looking for? Make sure you're excited about it and make sure that the startup cost and longevity are in line with your own personal values. Julie is easy to find and, as I mentioned before, a delight to follow on all of her social media feeds and we've listed them all for you in the show notes. Now I want to circle back really quickly to Julie's first leadership memory. I love her story about swimming with the dolphins at age five or six and the realization that she had the ability to influence others. Because John Maxwell says, leadership is influence, plain and simple. I ask this question of all my guests and every single one of them can go way back in their life and find something that indicated at a very early age that they had leadership capabilities early on. Have you ever asked yourself the same question? If not, I encourage you to take some time and look back because you are a leader, my friend. Never, ever doubt it. You can connect to other intentional optimists in our Facebook community, or if you're not on social, no problem. You just need my newsletter, Optimistic Living. It's good stuff delivered straight to your inbox. Just click that link in the show notes. I'm so glad you shared this time with me today. Would you do me a favor and screenshot this episode and then tag me and maybe Julie as well on Instagram and tell us what was helpful. It's so fun when those pop up in my feed. Now you can also follow us or subscribe here in the podcast app and then take a moment, please, and leave a rating and review. Just doing that will boost us on that particular platform and help even more women find us and get the intentional optimism they need. Now, if you love what we do here on the podcast and would like to support me directly, please do. You can buy me a coffee. Just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Andrea Johnson or click the link at the bottom of the show notes. Your support will enable us to serve more efficiently and more effectively. Remember, again, I say this every week, unconventional leaders lead at every level in any area using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.